0: Welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Buck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Buck, and I'm here at New Hampshire Motor Speedway with a very special guest tonight. It is Dan Gelson from the Associated Press. Dan, how are
1: you? Jeff, I'm doing great. How are you?
0: You tried to grab the mic. I, you can't take the mic from me. You know, that there's like some rule that you're supposed to like never give up the mic. <laughs>
1: You just tried it again. I just tried it again. I'm really nervous about this because I saw our good friend Nate Ryan who spends all day editing his podcast getting out the ums, the the blank pauses, the spaces. So I feel like I have to speak fast, quickly and with no breaks in the conversation.
0: Well, I'm a notorious ummer. And sometimes in the podcast, I go back through and I'll edit the ums out. But on a late night like this, um, when you're offering up, possible beers in Concord, North Carolina after this is over. I don't know that I will edit the ums out. So I'm going to try as like you said, to just not say the ums and we'll just get through a smooth, nice podcast. So let's get into it and let's talk about Denny Hamlin's lobster phobia filled victory at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Now it didn't look like Denny necessarily had the best car all day, but he was able to get to victory lane for the first win for Joe Gibbs racing this year. And he ran from a lobster like a little girl. What did you think about today and that?
1: He took the checkered flag but hold the nutcracker. He does not want to eat that lobster. I don't think I've ever seen a grown man run away from a lobster. I do not like lobsters. Oh, I didn't realize that. I don't eat seafood, no shrimp, no crab, no um, salmon. And if it comes out of the water, I don't eat it.
0: Wait, so now we're, we're, we can actually get some valuable insight here, not only into what happened in the race but to why – Denny Hamlin doesn't like lobster. What? So what? what is it? Is it just weirds you out or something?
1: It's just, well, more the taste. I could probably hold a lobster, but it's just the funky, smelly, fishy taste of anything that comes out of the water. But if someone was going to give me a championship crustacean like they just did with Denny Hamlin, I'd take it, I'd hold it, rubber bands and all, and hold it over my head, and then maybe I'd throw it into a boiling pot of water, but I wouldn't eat it.
0: Okay, I can respect that. It's weird, though, because... Today, they were bringing in the trophy from la- well, the trophy, the yeah. lobster from last year, from last September when Kevin Harvick won. Yeah. And it was very dead and it was pinned to a big, giant board. So I fear that even though Denny Hamlin's not going to eat this lobster and ran away from it, I don't think it uh, has a very long uh, life left on this planet.
1: This guy is 22 pounds from New Bedford, Massachusetts. And his name is loud. His always name is loud. And this was a 22 pounder. They're pretty proud of them. Do they, do they not get anything else? Is there no other trophy? I mean, if once you eat the lobster or throw away the lobster or...
0: I think there's another trophy. I just don't know what... It, I have no idea what it looks like because all you see is the lobster. I've
1: never seen anything, you know, the the Dover... I'm sorry, Dover. I didn't mean to say the, the Dover. I don't want really you to edit it out. Dover <laughs> has, you know, the monster, the concrete guy, and, you know, there's clocks, there's grandfather clocks, there's all sorts of things, but I've never really seen a monster or uh, a magic mile trophy.
0: Yeah, well, I guess we'll have to do some more research into that. Um, somebody else who... Is this, you, is this the only one you can eat? Is this the only trophy? Wow, you know, that's interesting. You know, there used to be, after you won the poll at Charlotte Motor Speedway, there used to be like a, a pecan pie they would give you. But I don't really know of any other... I guess in wine, uh, or in wine, in Sonoma, you get a wine goblet and you can drink the wine. Uh, maybe that's something. But I, yeah, as far as eating, maybe maybe people can tweet us. I I don't really know.
1: Either way, it was well deserved after Denny clawed his way to victory.
0: Oh man, did that make your story on the Associated Press wire?
1: Um, me putting a pun or a play on words like that in the story? No, not me, Jeff Gluck.
0: Okay, so for those of you who don't know, you're you're probably familiar with Jenna Fryer from the AP. Oh,
1: she comes to the races. She still comes to races
0: so Dan is her co-worker Dan is based out of Philadelphia you are covering the 76ers the Phillies the Flyers uh, the Eagles and when Jenna takes vacations or she just doesn't feel like coming to a race I guess she calls on you and so you typically come to um, both Dover races both New Hampshire
1: races um, I see you at
0: Indy Homestead Daytona where else do
1: you come when we say Pocono Oh, right. Pocono. Pocono, Dover, New Hampshire, uh, Daytona, Homestead. I've done a bunch of others, but um, I think I'll be at Chicagoland this year. So about 10 races a year.
0: You've quietly become a NASCAR journalist and never even knew it over the course of your career. You've probably covered, you've you've probably covered a
1: hundred races. I've quietly become a journalist who covers NASCAR.
0: Okay. So (laughs) tell me, um, you know, you come to New Hampshire, you've, you've, uh, you haven't come to the most exciting races on the track at times. Um, what did you think of, of today's race overall? You know, there was this, the PJ1 VHT sticky goo on the track, um, lobster droppings. I don't, I'm not exactly sure what's in it, but what did you think of today's race?
1: First, I must be the only one who didn't write about the sticky goo this weekend. I just can't get into that kind of stuff
0: guilty as charged here
1: I mean I, you know is the track sticky is there glue is it super glue crazy glue I don't know what it is it it didn't seem to help when the track opened up in the middle of the race and there was a nice big hole in it for sure. uh, <laughs> for six minutes but um, I don't know if it really affected the race I thought the race was okay you know I uh you know, there was. I didn't think there was a ton of drama. I thought the Xfinity race had a little more drama in the first half yesterday than this race did, but JGR definitely needed to win. Danny, you know, there's, they're undergoing a youth movement, but it took the veteran to show them how to win.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I I I was all on the VHT PJ one angle from the start of the weekend. Yeah. And even, you know, you were kind of down on it. Nate Ryan, who was sitting next to you in the media center this weekend, was kind of down on it. Claire B. Lang was sitting across from you guys was like, yeah, I just don't get people talking about this. This is not that big of a deal. And I think from what I could tell on Twitter, fans were like getting super annoyed about hearing about it over and over. But the thing was, it really did change the complexion of the race, at least for the start, because typically it was one groove, spectacularly boring, New hampshire race and at least this opened up the options now it wore off fairly quickly and i actually thought for a while um until somebody corrected me that maybe they could zamboni it in the future like you know in between the stages they could run it spray it back down but apparently i found out today it takes 30 minutes to set so unless people really want uh long super long stage breaks that's not going to work out. So, but, but the thing is, at least you could it's, it's worth a try, right? Because New Hampshire racing isn't very good. So why not try something? I know in other sports you cover, they probably just don't say, Hey, we're, you know, in baseball. Oh, this wasn't a great game. So we're just going to change the rules. But this is NASCAR where that kind of stuff happens. You know,
1: to me, it's like reading about how much pine tar is on someone's bat. I mean, it, that's sort of what I think about the V, VJ, VJT, VH1, VH1. BJ, peanut butter and jelly. I don't know. Um, yeah, sure. Try try something to get it on. I think next time they should just roll over their lobsters, <laughs> see if that helps. Put them
0: on, dude. I bet there's actually a lot of crushed lobster shells, which are are they're going in the trash anyway. Sure. That would really mix up the race. Put the all. Maybe they'll cut some tires down. Put it, maybe put it to patch in the hole. <laughs> there <it all> you <laughs> go. Patch in the hole. That that won't pull the track up. They'll just grind in those lobster shells right into the track. It'd be like some lobster dust flying up um so obviously that was frustrating maybe um for some drivers today including kyle bush he had a chance to win and he sped on pit road twice he was so looking forward to the lobster that he he tried to rush to victory lane to get it man kyle bush now a year without winning wins all these xfinity races can't win a cup race what do you think of kyle (laughs)
1: <laughs> what do I think of Kyle? <laughs> um, I do think he's going to the right track. Obviously, if he wants to end that winless streak, going uh, to the Brickyard where he's won the last two, I think he's gonna kiss the bricks. Um, I think he has a good shot to win. I don't think he will win, but yeah, it's been an interesting season for him. I'm not. I don't really know. What do you think? Why do you think he hasn't won any races yet this year?
0: Well, I mean, the weird thing is, I mean, he's third in points, right. so. so- yeah, he's running well at the start. I don't think I think Gibbs was off at the start as a whole, but they seem to have picked it up. Um, they they're running much better week after week. They were certainly dominant here today. I think they have a little bit of work to do on the mile and a half still. But as Coach Gibbs said after the race, you know they could have Kyle could have won eight races this year. He's in contention almost every week, and something always seems to go wrong, and he gets frustrated. And uh, I'm sure it's got to be eating away at him because. Uh, any sort of frustration does not sit well with them.
1: But the only eating that's going to be done tonight at JGR is going to be with that Victory Lobster, Jeff Gluck. They can eat, oh, yeah. away. eat away at Cowbush, but they'll be digging in. They'll be digging in tonight on Laudan the Lobster. I can promise you that. But not Denny Hamlin. Not Den- no, not Denny Hamlin. He'll have a steak, maybe.
0: Yeah. Somebody else at JGR will be. Digging into the lobster, and we also know that that person at JGR who will not be eating the lobster is Matt, <laughs> Matt
1: Kenseth. <laughs> oh, we we have we're on the same we're on the same fishing line there. I knew you were going to say Matt. I was going to say Matt Kenseth. No, I don't think he'll be partaking in any team dinners anytime soon.
0: We're we're pulling up the puns with a big lobster cage. Right at this point, they're just ro- <laughs> rolling off. <laughs> People are lobster. People are pulling, uh, turning this podcast off faster than than you can say lobster. But Matt Kenseth, obviously, um, really frustrated. I mean, he didn't show it, but he's got to be because this would have been such a sweet and lobster savory victory for him because he is a free agent officially found out this week or officially you know told the world this week. And here was a chance, forty five year old guy looking for a ride next year. Man, he could have showed everybody by going to his first victory lane in the year. Ultimately, uh, bad pick call, Dan. I mean, like, you know, he said the two tires has worked in the past, but I'm not sure what they were. I guess they were banking that in order to keep the lead, he was going to have to have two tires there and and get that track position. But really, the tires were a, a decent deal. Like, the drivers who had them all day, including Kenseth, who went up and caught Truex with them right before that, I mean, he was rolling uh, with with fresh rubber, and so to only take two there, bad call. It just it didn't work at all. The guys with four tires passed him, and ultimately he hangs on for a fourth place finish, but not what he wanted. Um, man, I mean, do you do you see him winning um, a race anytime soon?
1: I really wanted, uh, as a journalist who roots for the story, to see him win today. To have to come up with Joe Gibbs. And the press conference, the awkwardness, the awkwardness, the days—you know—days after he um, gave him his walking papers. I think that would have been a lot of fun. Um, I said "um" again. That's you know, cause, it's fine. I, I'm gonna—that's gonna... gonna cause you some trouble tonight. I think that he can win. You know, he won this race last year. Maybe he can win it again when they come back in the fall. I, he obviously has something to prove. Where do you think he's going to end up next year? Do you think it's it's the 88? Do you think it's Stuart Haas? It's got to be one of those two. If not, where else could he possibly go for a decent ride?
0: Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, I really don't feel like he's going to go to the 88. You know, I just don't – I don't know. I mean, I know it's it's been talked about, but I just don't feel like that makes that much sense for him. Um, I mean, not for him. I'm sure he'd love to drive it. But for the team that's – I mean, what are they going to say? Okay, yeah, here you can come for a year. And then we're gonna put a younger guy
1: in. I don't know. Um, Why not say you know he must know his career is winding down. His options are limited. And I think if they said this is the deal, you get it for one year. You're gonna keep the seat warm, uh, warm like a nice toasty lobster after a New <laughs> New Hampshire race. <laughs> Maybe if they butter him up a little bit with that oh offer, that he would that he would take it. Now, Jimmy Johnson, you were at Jimmy Johnson's press availability on Friday, right? Yeah. He, he seemed to really go to bat for Alex Bowman. I think out of all the comments, out of all the comments he made out of the other candidates, he really spoke up for Alex. He really made it seem like he stumped for Alex that this is the guy who will fit the best in the 88 next year. Now, the question is, is there going to be a job open in the five? Probably, right? I mean, you know.
0: Well, I mean, unfortunately, Casey Kane has lost a couple sponsors now. Um, So I don't think they really have sponsorship for that car next year. And if they're able to get new sponsors and those sponsors want Kane, then maybe he could potentially stay. But I think for the most part, um, it just doesn't seem like a good fit there anymore. They're obviously um, not really performing. And, you know, uh, gosh, he finishes 28th today was never a factor you know, started in the top 10 and was lapped fairly early on. And it's just like, man, it's just a, such a miserable time for him. Um, so yeah, I think there could definitely be two, two openings at Hendrick. You're right though. Jimmy really did seem to endorse Bowman. Um, Dale jr's endorsed Bowman. The problem with Bowman is, you know, you, you, uh, you can't get the sponsorship money at the same level, but maybe if you don't have to pay him very much, maybe it can, it can work out. But Kenseth though. I, I don't, I really don't know where he ends up because, um, you know, unfortunately, with today's climate, you kind of have to bring some sort of money wherever you go. And so, even if it's you know, like even if there's rides open at Stewart Haas, Kenseth, you know, they, I don't think they can just take on Kenseth and say, "All right, we'll we'll find sponsorship for him." Because at at forty five years old, you know, I don't really know what kind of markets out there.
1: Yeah, I mean, and they—you look at how someone in supposedly as marketable as Danica. Uh, can't find sponsorship who's going to go for uh, you know a 45 year old driver who hasn't uh, won anything major in, in, in some time I don't know he won a lot of races in his first year at Joe Gibbs but these last few years he's still winning he still won races but just not at that level and I just don't know if he's going to excite the sponsors uh, as many sponsors as he needs to land a ride it'd be kind of weird just to see him go out but you know someone like Greg Biffle who wasn't at his level the same thing sort of happened to him and you're looking at a, a 2018 next year without Carl, without Tony, without Gordon, without Junior, maybe without Matt Kenseth, maybe without Danica Patrick. That's um, yeah, going to be an interesting year next year.
0: Yeah. And I mean, like you can add potentially Casey Kane. We don't know their future. We don't know Kurt Busch's future. So there's so much up in the air at this point. It's it's um, it's very interesting now. We also don't know the future, Dan, for Joey Logano, because while he is set at Penske for a very long time, his playoff hopes are really on life support at this point. Um, had a, was really, He was really slow all day, first of all. And then he has a problem that puts him in the garage for 33 laps to fix. Um, wasn't sure what it was. NASCAR ends up confiscating a part. Now he is 52 points out of the playoffs behind Matt Kenseth. Um, thanks to his encumbered win that doesn't count. And uh, he said after the race, man, we are slow. Um, We don't have the car to win. And, um, you know, we're in trouble. Uh, Do you think he can rally to make the playoffs or win in these next uh, seven races?
1: I'll put it to you like this, Jeff. Loudon had a better day. (laughs) (laughs) Loudon the lobster who survived. You know, I thought if, if anyone I thought if any track was gonna be the one that could turn his season around, this would be the one. He's won here twice. It's his so called home track. A lot of strong finishes here. I didn't really think he was going to win here, but I thought he could probably reel off a, a top ten finish. And now you look at it and time's running out and can he win? He can win, but that's what it's gonna take. He's not gonna make it in on points at this at this point. There's no way I don't think he can turn around that quickly it's kind of uh funny though right he was top 10 every week top five every week until his team got busted at richmond and next thing you know it's uh 20s 30s and out of the playoff hunt so yeah uh, it's it's definitely weird because um
0: i you know and he said that 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 incident that they found um hasn't set them back and that wasn't even what was making them go fast but certainly you look at brad keselowski as well and his performances has sort of dropped off recently and he's gotten in some wrecks as, as Logano has and had some um, things happen. But I mean, Keselowski and Logano were two of the top fastest cars um, all last year, right up there with Gibbs and Logano was, I think my pick to win the championship this year. And now he might not even make the the playoffs. So certainly something to watch there. And I also talked to Dale Earnhardt Jr. Briefly after the race, I walked up to him and he's like, really you want to talk to me after I finished 18th? <laughs> You're like, Why? And I I just wanted to ask about that strategy call they made late in the race where he stayed out, um, with 35 laps to go. He didn't pit everybody else pitted and it's like, wow, this has very, very little chance of working out. I, I just wanted to know, was it a, was it a hail Mary? And he said, yeah, it's sort of like a hail Mary when you're down 14 points. So basically it had very little chance of working, but I guess, um, it was a hail Dale, so to speak. And, the He said he will be trying many more of those in the next seven weeks because he he said he wouldn't have finished any better than 10th today, and he ends up finishing 18th. Well, even if he finished 10th or 5th or whatever, it means nothing because there's no way he's 21st in points. No way he's going to make it on points. So he has to win, and unfortunately, if he doesn't have a fast car, they've got to take crazy chances like this. So it's this is what his fans are in for in the next seven weeks, you know?
1: Yeah. I just wonder if this is probably how he's going to go out, you know, without racing for a championship. And as much as he wants to win that championship in the final season, you just wonder how those last 10 weeks are going to be when he can maybe just sort of enjoy it a little more, uh, that the end is near, have a little more fun at the track and not feel the pressure that he's probably been feeling right now and would feel if he was, if he was in the playoffs, he has a lot on him and, and he's always handled the attention well, obviously, but it's going to be crazy down the stretch, especially once they roll in the homestead. You wonder how it would be if he was racing for a championship and and he's retiring and he's being celebrated and he's asked to reflect on his career and all of those types of things. So, uh, I don't know. NASCAR's most popular driver might uh, might be out of the, whatever we call the chase this year. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, Dan, let me ask you a question here. Um, you cover all sorts of sports, all the major sports, college sports, whatever. Um, now, how do you feel like the experience of covering NASCAR is compared to those? You know, um, how are the athletes compared to other athletes you cover? The access things like that, and and you can be honest. These people that listen to this like a, a blunt take, so it's it's okay to hurt any feelings if you need to.
1: They suck. <laughs> um, I asked you before if I could curse on this, and you said I could, sure. but I'm not. I'm not going to. Okay. I'm not going to. Uh, maybe. I think. Jeff, I think Jeff Gluck, that um, for the most part, the athletes, the drivers are much more accessible, easier to find. I mean, you come here and the whole sport is here. You want to talk to the driver, the owner, the crew chief, the tire changer, even if you want to, and they're all there. Uh, I think that's one of the best parts about covering NASCAR. The, the drivers, for the most part, are uh, open and honest and express their true feelings, which I like it's amazing to me to see the relationship between the drivers and the writers, people like you, Nate, Jenna, the utter, uh, the, the core beat writers who go back, Bob, who go back and forth with each other on Twitter. Whereas in Philadelphia, there aren't Sixers writers tweeting with Joel and there aren't Eagles writers tweeting with Carson Wentz. Um, uh, aren't, you know, I don't see that in other sports. And for here, I think that's kind of great. For, I mean, I think you know, you guys are. It helps your credibility, helps build your brand. Especially, you know, someone like you to see drivers so involved, for better or for worse, in what the media is saying and doing. You ne- you would never see. I mean, today uh, after the race, Jimmy Johnson qu- tweeted something about, uh, and it was a joke. It was funny, yeah. and you would never see that in in. in, in I don't think that happens in other cities either. That's not a Philadelphia issue. You just don't see the pro athletes engage uh, as much with the media and really with the fans. I mean, obviously, Dale does the periscoping and and all the all the um, big-name drivers will you know, go back and forth with fans. And you really don't see that in other sports. And, you know, that's good for them. It's good for the sport. Maybe I don't, but it, I guess they're not, I guess uh, they're not doing it with enough fans because they seem to be, uh, you know, going down faster than loud and the lobster.
0: Well, yes, that, that is fair to say. I mean, especially you look at the crowd today, super disappointing. They had already taken out 12,000 seats from last year, really thin crowd. I mean, just not a lot of positive things to say about it. Um, I, You know, obviously they're going down to one race here starting next year, but um, just not a lot of, a lot of uh, positives when you look at the attendance and, and the sport as a whole is not very healthy, despite what you said about, you know, the athletes being very accessible. So it's kind of puzzling that way. This but
1: even when the attendance started going down at other tracks, this was one of the last ones to fall. I thought as recently as four or five years ago, you would see 70, 80,000 people here and uh, someone today said to me that, that this crowd was a big expletive view to to bruton for taking the race away and you know they feel like they're a lame duck i know it's still one but you know you want to take our race away well then we won't come to the race yeah. and you wonder you know how much worse it's going to get here you know along with other tracks but especially here so uh, when
0: i do my was it a good race poll tomorrow dan um, what do you think is going to be the percentage I can go first? If you want to try to, to prices, right me, um, or you can go, would you like to go first?
1: Sure. Let's go first. Was it a good race? I'm going to hold this. I'm going to hold this microphone, Jeff. <laughs> Give me the mic. One of a cob bush. I'll drop it after one answer. <laughs> <laughs> was it a good race? Oh, I didn't really think it was all that exciting. I got to tell you, um, oof, what, you had two guys lead most of the laps, Chewix and Denny, well, Kyle led a bunch. I am going to say 51% will say yes, it was a good race. And I think that's being a little generous.
0: Wow. Well, I have to tell you, just based on um, the poll results in general, it is somewhat rare for races to be, you know, that low. Unless they were super, super boring. And I know this one wasn't great. I will think that this race uh maybe is gonna end up more being like uh sixty percent, I think. I think this could be a sixty percent or maybe high fifties, but I'm gonna go sixty percent.
1: Well, your fans who will now follow me at A P Galston on Twitter, that's mm-hmm. A P G E L S T O N on Twitter, will tell me if I'm right or wrong. But I think uh, I think it's fifty fifty one percent. I feel good about that. Yes, and
0: um, you know what's a hundred percent though, Dan? Loudon's
1: gonna be eaten.
0: <laughs> I don't I don't think that is a hundred percent. But what is a hundred percent is that my post race podcast sponsor, Sam Tech. Yes, you didn't see this coming. It's the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. They're in Houston, Texas, where they probably do have some good shellfish down there. But, um, you know, that's a hundred percent that you are probably going to get a good job out of there because I went to visit the school with my wife, Sarah, when we were driving back from Albuquerque to Charlotte a couple months ago after her internship was over and we stopped by and, and we got a tour of the school and all stuff. And as I've talked about this on the podcast before, but they have, um, someone who works at the school and she is in charge of fielding calls from all these prospective employers. Now, this is like a high-performance racing school, but they also learn skills that can um, end up sending them into other careers. And so, they basically can't keep up with the amount of employers calling them because the employers know that, like the Sam Tech graduates, are so like good at what they do and reliable. It's not a guarantee. They they don't want to like guarantee it. They didn't tell me to say this this way. They they might not even like that, but basically you're gonna have your choice of jobs when you leave like from what i could tell from all the computer stuff she was doing um they they can't fill these positions fast enough it's pretty much where you want to end up and what you want to do so um if you know anybody or like your son cooper um who ends up maybe he wants to go into some sort of racing he was at a event with kevin harvick recently maybe he wants to work for a race team tell him to visit samtech.edu will you do that
1: I will tell him to visit samtech.edu. Okay. Thank you, Dan.
0: Now, all, with, with all our lobster puns, certainly we can come up with a lobster-related terrible pun hashtag so that people can discuss the podcast. What what hashtag should we do to uh, have them talk about this? Do you, do you have an idea?
1: Oh, maybe something like um, hashtag some lobster. Like...
0: <laughs> hashtag clausom. <Well, that's> awesome. Hashtag claw-some. It's basically awesome with a CL on front yes. of it, right?
1: It's a good hook.
0: Oh my god! All right, this is terrible. I I apologize <laughs> to everybody for this podcast. I'm
1: never being invi- I'm never being invited back. Never. Claire B. Lang loves me on her show. I feel like I've I haven't lived up to the SiriusXM Claire B. Lang uh, you know hype.
0: Uh, I I think you did uh, very clossum. And uh, Dan, I appreciate you joining us for this podcast and uh, everybody else. I appreciate you listening and we'll talk to you next time on the untitled Jeff Gluck podcast.